This is the Motorsport Podcast for triathlon, duathlon, sportive riders, road racers, time trialists, runners, mountain bikers and fitness enthusiasts. Supported by No Pins, the revolutionary number attachment systems. See them on Facebook, Twitter and coming to nopins.com. Whatever your distance and whatever your event, this podcast aims to make you smarter and faster. Welcome to the 132nd JBST.com Smartcast. I'm Coach Joe Beer and I'm joined once again by Southfork.co.uk's Martin Crocker. Once again waving, so everybody now waves back. It's a tradition, back. it's a tradition. It's a tradition, yes. Uh, just, it's that time of year, isn't it? It's autumn, it's um, definitely... It's all right. Can autumn, we say autumn? autumn yeah, we can say autumn. Oh, yeah, okay. I think most most people are getting near to the end of their seasons, or they've already um, knocked it on the knocked it on the head. Um, it's fantastic to see various athletes' hard work and uh, consistency uh, show up in their in their races. Um, you know, sometimes it's overcoming adversity, or it's just you know that they can actually get get to the finish line. But at some point, the season comes to an end. I mean, that's it, isn't it? You know? You've got to finish it. You've got well, to yeah, finish it. and we get to that point. People have just done, you know, their Ironman, their big sportif, their their whatever this year. And I think at some point, you you do have to see that there's a seasonal aspect to it. You can't just jump from one thing and then go into the next one and bash the next and the next and the next. I think there's a nice, having had conversations with people recently, it's a nice time of year to just look back, see what you've done, put the uh, season to bed as such, and then... Um, Go on holiday. Go Give on yourself holiday. a break. Yeah, definitely. Or go on holiday or whatever. Um, and what have you been up to? Um, funny enough, talking of holidays, I've been on a two-week holiday in the south of France um, on my bike. <laughs> Actually, sorry, I, to put it right, with my wife and I have been for our first holiday that we've had for... Well, we, we haven't been on holiday for two or three years. So. Okay. Yeah, so we're back fresh from that. Okay, we'll look forward to the Facebook pictures then. Yeah. No, I'm not allowed to put anything on Facebook. All oh, right, so. all right, okay. Um, I've just come back from a, a Scott Plasma 5 test ride. I got to miss the show, oh. which was at Red Bull. Oh. Mm, I'm not very happy about it, but there you go. But uh, OMG, yeah. Plasma 5, OMG. OMG, indeed. OMG. Um, and what else is going on? Um, yeah, good to have a nice part of the year where um there's loads of different athletes that have done things this year some some are more visible and more speedy and some are completing um one person got through their their 12th Ironman this wow. season this season? No, not this season, but yeah, has culminated over the past few seasons with, with this yeah, one. Um, you know, and other people have done, you know, PBs or they've, you know, struggled with issues and got to finish lines, got people going out to Kona. There's still a few, you know, time trial championships, there's the hill climbs. It, it, it doesn't actually stop, but every individual within endurance sport has to have a stop do you know what I mean I, I guess you know Alberto Contador he, he wins you know Vuelta and yes he has his little run at things for a while while he's hot while he's a hot topic but you know October November I'm sure he'll be off you know doing his training and stuff but he won't be winning another race and another race no. and I think we have to take we have to take that as a you know as a look 
it's great to want to be fit. It's great to enjoy it. But at some point, you've got to turn down the competitive nature. And for most people, it's now. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and then you can go back to A, being a mother, father, dad, uncle, brother, sister. Um, you know, go back to a bit or of family all of life. Or all of them, yeah. <laughs> go back to a bit of uh, family life or, or just, uh, again, like we, we, we could bang on every year going back to having to earn those brownie points to allow you to do seasons like you've just done. Yeah. Uh, ratings iTunes. Uh, we have 38 ratings. 33 of them are five stars. So thank you for that. That's really nice to, to know. And if we're not hitting the nail on the head, then you let us know. Uh, 25 customer reviews as such. And I think, Martin, you've got, um, you've got the latest one to, uh, to read right there. Uh, and the title is it does make you smarter and faster um really easy to listen to very informative joe and crocker even throw in some uh, laughs even throwing some laugh outlines your entertainment uh i have followed the advice including heart rate training and gone from 15 mile an hour commuter to an 18.1 ironman uh kalmar at the weekend i entered it to complete uh, to complete but all the smart training had me finished in 13 hours, enjoying every minute when last year it seemed impossible. Hooked on your podcast, we'll keep listening to hit my speed goals um, now. Hashtag anything is possible. Keep up the great work, really appreciate it. Dawn D, smiley face, thumbs up. <laughs> Which I read off there, so. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much, Dawn D. Yes. Um, and it's nice, it's nice that I think... Um, well, the people people do that, but people are getting results because we're not trying to slow you down. It's not a um, you know, it's not a um, we'll slow everyone else down, and then you know, the people I coach or or you in your races or other people, we can tell them the real secrets. No, the secrets are it's impossible for uh, I don't know for for me for me to coach every person, for you to sell everybody a bike, for for anybody to do it all. But sometimes you just get this sense that if you can just put people right on a few pointers and then they start getting something back, um, you you sort of, you see that it is possible to have impact wider than the people that, yeah. that you actually come across. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that guy, we just literally just got a tweet in um, that said... Uh, Finished Ironman Wales in 13 hours and three minutes, sub four hour marathon. So that's good, exclamation mark. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Um, Learned how to train from listening to the podcast, so thanks. And that was from Darren Macy. Um, and actually, if it's two things he got, but still it was down to his sweat and hard work, I really like that because people can tweak things. And there's loads of things that clearly we didn't you know, give that guy all of his sessions and stuff but sometimes just trying to get some of the bigger things right that people realize that you can't sort of force training i mean i know i know training requires hard work but a lot of training doesn't require hard work yeah. a lot of training is actually about not trying too hard at the wrong time and therefore i think it gives people somebody said today they said um i've tried i've i get it now one year on but I'm more relaxed when I go into races and I know in sessions when I've got to work or when I don't. And I think a lot of people fall into the category of, of, of sort of working hard 
because there's other people around them and maybe they don't need to work hard, but they're turning that into a hard session. And yes, races are hard. Nobody's saying you get, you know, 13 hours, three minutes and he was just whistling along. It's hard work, but that's because it's called a race. Yeah. And when yeah. said when sessions are meant to be steady and controlled or to do with um, technique or to do with saving your body for something later on in the day when you do need to do hard work, that's where I think people can gain some confidence from just being told it's all right it's fine not to hammer yourself that's it yeah, yeah. and and i think with like again um, all you guys that do you kind of your ironman races get my admiration um just for the the, the sheer willpower that, that you guys must have to to get up early or to stay up late and do your training um but it, when we do the podcast joe and i actually believe it or not even though we can we don't live too far away from or where joe lives to where i work is literally just a five minute walk really um we normally sit down and have a natter about things before we start um but it's nice just to get kind of tweets like this joe joe texts me or sends me over the tweets via emails so of course you kind of you just kind of thumb through it and go oh joe's got another uh Joe's got another list of what the fastest tire on the market is um but it's not we get these these tweets back and if we could just point someone in the right direction to make them even complete it you know 13 hours brilliant well done um you know just that little bit if you take a little bit from it kind of makes all this worthwhile yeah absolutely absolutely so let's jump in with people that have got questions that do want to get quicker james bridgewater brig bridgewater i think i'll pronounce it that right i think um sprint distance um it does a you know, 131 for sprint try, half marathons, 142, various things um, in his next year list, including uh, half Ironman, and he, as he says, oh, and getting married. So, hi Martin and Joe, um, a newbie to try, first season, loving it, and your podcast, which is really useful, thank you. Um, currently working my way through your backlog. Two quick questions. Any and can can't seem to find a definitive answer. You might know with some of this. How do you properly calibrate a heart monitor? I'm currently using 220 minus your age. I am 36. Um, I've got a Garmin 900 XT with premium heart rate monitor with premium heart rate yeah, monitor. Yeah. Okay. The premium strap. Yeah. Um, and then number two, uh, can I wear it for swim training, stroke competing? I've read that I can't, but seem. But I've seen a number of people recently donning it under their wetsuit before getting in the water, having to put it on a T1 like I do, eating up valuable time. I hope you can help. Um, firstly, calibrate heart monitor. I'm currently using 220 minus so you. So what he actually means is how can he get his zones right? Um, I think heart monitor usage takes a while for anybody to be able to pinpoint their zones. It is fine to get a max test done just literally to find what the maximum heart rate is that you can drive yourself to probably on the bike because it's a bit safer than trying to do it on the treadmill probably somebody to help you um there are max tests actually on the website only today i put a tweet out that there's three or four max tests for people to watch i think if you watch that and you just see what it's like first yes it's hard work but it's all over fairly quickly but you you get that very important number which can be used in order to then say, you know, your zone one is 80% of that max. And it is far more accurate for most people than just taking their age from 220. It might work age from 220, but for a lot of people it doesn't. And 
even if you do a max test, I still think there's a lot to learn from what you get from your races as to, uh, for example, you know, if you're running um, Manchester Marathon, have you got previous data on what your heart rate is that you can hold for a marathon? If you're doing 100 miles sporty, do you know where the going too hard zone is yeah, that you yeah. don't want to be in? I think, you know, it's very, it's very easy when you've been doing it for a while to instantly sort of be able to roll off the numbers of where you think you should be but I think the most important one is to find close to or approximate your max and then find the 80% point so you can start to get your your zone uh, one area but also then to to just tweak it over time yeah. and just find out you know whether um, rarely are people's max tests a lot different from what they can produce in um in a sort of a, a standover test when somebody's doing it with them if you actually try and do it on your own i think it's, it's too difficult you get to yeah. a point where it's hard and there's not somebody shouting at you and to actually push yourself to max i don't think i've seen anybody do a max test and actually or very few people get as good a max as when they are either a paying for it or b have somebody telling them how to do <laughs> it because it, yeah. you just you know there's 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 almost I mean, everybody don't everybody um that does it doesn't like the fact that they fail during a max test but they instantly say oh i think i could have gone harder whereas if you did it with yourself you, you'd kind of just agree to disagree that that was probably about right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you wouldn't necessarily push it so if you if you find um james that that near to maximum point and at least have an idea uh, that your 80% point is where your zone one is. And then I think just, you know, start to look back on the data that you have got because you've got your 900 XT and just think, well, yeah, was that a steady run? Oh, yes, it was below X beats per minute. Yeah. Or was it a bit fast because you went with somebody and they sped it up? I think you still, you don't change you don't change everything you do or have done. You just start to look at sessions and say, was that where I should have been? Or was it just accidentally just bouncing up and down yeah, for, for the whole time that I was you know, running or riding or swimming? But we, we've done it with um, when, when I know you were doing it before, um, like, for instance, power taps and, and, and the rotor power cranks came out, um, you know, with, with things like Ergamo. Is it Ergamo? That, yeah, the, yeah. That's it, yeah. So with power, effectively. And before that, it was polar. That's right. So, you know, effectively what happens is um, I know kind of my introduction to it was was actually kind of the, you know, power tap. And I literally had that power tap through the winter from, I think it was from September to almost March, without looking at anything, just kind of going out riding and downloading it. And then mm. kind of Joe and I were having a look and then, you know, working out, what you know what does this mean what does that mean so it took it took a fair bit of fettling and really even after kind of like 12 months mm. myself I, I was still kind of <laughs> kind of texting joe going i still don't get it you're gonna have to show me again or could you have a quick look at this and then obviously you know di different things happen different power meters mm. come out um you know and and now even kind of things like rotor where, where you get kind of a left right balance as well you know we it's relatively new to kind of um, us as athletes, but kind of a lot of guys have been using them for a while to be able to work out where the optimum training sweet spots, things yeah. like that. And when are. you're just going with heart rate, though, it's a bit different to yes. when you're going with power. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Um, I found the other day, it's, it's a slight digression, but it's a point I want to make is that even if he hasn't got, he's got his heart rate monitor, um, and whether he's got power or not, I don't know. Um, I found a faxed bit of paper that a certain Graham O'Brien sent me it was September 
97 and this was doing a ramp test to power oh right really so 100 150 200 250 300 and 350 watts Oof. on a cat eye so this is one of the the ones that's called a cs 1000 you, right. you can google it they're, they're super sturdy i've still got mine and it's brilliant i love it it really works well but you could just see in a matter of a week how the heart rate dropped um across different points but it was his way of being able to um sort of measure and send me some idea of where it was but it's quite it's quite telling when you know you do this power up to say you know 350 watts and that's 150 beats you know then does um 20 minutes at 445 watts of it um and uh and then says um i'm riding a local 10 on saturday i look forward to uh, regaining my scottish re record weather permitting oh brilliant but by the way joe has actually got the printout in front of him pointing at it so what yeah. you heard just a minute ago was joe grabbing it from the grabbing it from the scanner where well, scanner because scan i scanned it, it and i'm going to put it out and i'm going to put out the little comments that i added on because before the net you know this was faxed through to me by the looks of it it was <laughs> it was faxed through to a magazine that i was actually um uh working for they would they would fax it through to me and I would fax the data up to him because oh, right, because yeah. you could do it quicker than if you sent it through the post. Yeah. And then I would be on the phone going, oh, right, I can see your numbers. Yes, right, okay. Good Lord, it seems so antiquated. Well, yeah, I know, I know. But, oh, yeah, okay, so you've done, right, yeah, so your training was this, 25 minutes, you did 5 minutes of 400, 15 minutes of 420, 5 minutes of 445. You kind of get an idea, but you can see how that's using a fairly simple system. Yeah, yeah. But it's quite, um, it's quite precise to be able to do that work with your training, particularly swim, bike and run, you almost just end up with looking at what's the outcome heart rate wise. Mm. And I think what, what James needs to do is, is start a bit like that piece of paper is to start building up a kind of record of That's what right. amount of not, well, I can get more beats per minute if I run faster or bike faster. Actually, where do you think your 80% is? Because that's the that's the, the golden line over which you don't want to transgress unless you really have to. Yeah. And, you could spend a lot of money getting a, a max test and loads of other data, but it is quite simple with a turbo trainer, a friend, ideally something that measures power so that you can actually work against it. Some people will do it in a gym, but you know, you work against the power as these uh, uh, max test videos show and then find out that maximum and see if you can work back from there. Yeah, yeah, and I think with, with the idea about, you know, can you use them under a wetsuit? I've taken other brands and just duct tape them and then the duct tape stops anything from going in the back of the, you know, the little... Um, yeah, you can... But I would imagine with the XT, that's a standard thing. You can use them anyway because well, they're a cross-trainer. Yeah, well the, well, the X... Is it a 900 or 910? Yeah, 910. 910. Yeah, the 910's waterproof anyway. Right, there we go. So you can swim with it. It's got a special... Uh, it's actually got special software in it to enable you for it to be able to pick you up to hold its breath yeah yeah if yeah. you swim underwater um yeah so you can you can swim with it i, I don't well yeah you can you you are, it's waterproof it'll be fine yeah yeah so james there we go um find out more data on your heart rates and and um try to yeah try try to sort of learn about your heart rates and and ultimately i think that means at some point in your life you have to do a max test you can't get away from it, unfortunately. You can't get away no. from it. Um, a, a different one. Here we go. This is from Duncan Penfold. Um, competitive, not yet a top five age grouper. Sub 
10 hours at Ironman Western Australia this December and sub three hour marathon soonish. So he's setting some goals there. Um, and I'm not quite sure where, but that phone number looks like it may well be from Australia based on, um, based on, uh, the, the code. Anyway, he says, hiya, love your work, Joe, Marty, Marty. Yeah. Actually, I've got a few friends that call me Marty. Yeah. Marty? What, you from Back to the Future? Um, you need to lift your game a bit. Mm. Uh, and I don't shoot the messenger. I'm only no, reading what no, he says. Fair enough. It yeah, says, yeah. Um, just stirring. Okay. I was looking for the podcast number to listen to on the information you offered about creatine, colostrum. It was in the last 12 months and you listen, or listed the top five or so proven supplements. I remember these two plus beta alanine. Um, I tried searching for the podcast number, but I could not find it. Really want to hear your thoughts again. Please help Duncan. Okay, so he's looking for the, uh, the the insight into the supplements. I don't know which one that is, and I'll be honest, I didn't go back and look through it. Uh, it's a good reason to go back and, and look at several of them. You may well find that because we went through the top five, I know that 220 at one point put, it may have been the top five or top nine supplements in an article. So yeah. it may well be if you search 220 triathlon and supplements joe beer or something like that you'll find it and because i'm pretty convinced this is somebody from australia sending this um it may well be in 220 australia because some of the 220 stuff that i write in the uk is goes over goes over there yeah, and yeah. Is, is um is i can't think what it's called syndicated out to them in australia so if you hit an absolute brick wall and can't find it then i can always go back through our um podcast and click on a few and see where it is i can't remember when we did that and i can't remember exactly what they, what they were but we can certainly um point you in the direction have a have a look on google and see whether there's an existing article that's in uh, 220 triathlon yeah. right what do you want next come on martin um do you want another question I yes think this is quite a good one this is one i sent you go on when you didn't read um hi uh, my name's Richard. This is Richard Young. Um, I'm relatively new to multi-sport, having only uh, really done running previously to help towards weight loss. Um, this year, I took up road biking. This month, I've taken the plunge into swimming. So that's good. He's gone into he's gone into some different sports there. Now I'm enjoying all three sports. I've increased my volume quite a lot with. Um, ideas thrown around like uh, like an Ironman maybe at some point down the road. Um, my question would be, um, how much is too much considering each session feels hard, probably because of my weight? I just want to get out and train, but I'm finding that now I'm doing cycling and swimming, these are so much easier on me um, than running, both while doing it, but also less pain the next day. I'm 32, I'm 16 stone, so that's about 100 kgs. Uh, so I'm so I know my greatest gains can be had from losing weight, but have you tried dieting while training daily? <laughs> Sometimes I get back from a cycle or swim or both, and just want to fall over in a, a carb-covered aisle at Tesco's <laughs> and progressively work my way through it. Um, don't know um, how to share my garments, so here's some screenshots. So send some data through, and um, you know there's hours worth of bike here there's a you know 30 minute run there's um you know 40 50 minute pool swims um quite often there's a hour or so most days sometimes a couple of days particularly you know fasted ride 
two hours. Um, there's, you know, there's consistent aerobic work. Now, what I don't know is whether most of it is in um, the right zone. The run that you did on the 16th of September, so this was, you know, only yesterday. So this is quite up to date thing. He put zone four, and I'm assuming that this, this is putting zone four, what we'd call zone two. So it's like, you know, he's straight away in running yeah, terms yeah. going going into a high heart rate because he can't keep his heart rate down, which with the with the mass involved, 100 kilos, that's going to happen. So I think it's quite it's quite difficult to keep the effort of the running down, but that's almost the most important thing is that, dare I say it, you either, you either, you know, have to literally power walk and find yourself on flatter terrain or you, you know, do it at a gym and um, stick it on an incline and power walk and still get your heart rate to a moderate level. But what you don't want to do, almost what you've said, you know, the pain the next day. I'm sure running in zone two at 100 kilos must absolutely just pummel your knees. And the swim and the bike give you the opportunity to go longer. But particularly the bike, your, you know, your swims are up around sort of you know some something like you know 40 50 minutes which is which is fine but not many people do two hour swims as such yeah. but quite a lot of people can do two hour bikes and there's something there's something different particularly swim sessions people get like like a, a sugar kind of surge or they want more carbs after those kind of sessions whereas i think it's possible to do better fasted training on the bike yeah. just as a way of in certain days it's just a good way of us teaching our bodies how to tap into reserves if you can stay in the right zone and and sort of you know tick along and keep the um you know the effort low but be out there for well you've certainly been out there for two hours you don't have to do ever more but i think that's a good way to tap into not only getting fitter but also to allowing the um, the sort of use of calories for longer periods of time. Two hours steady is still better than doing, you know, uh, a 30 minute run and being more exhausted from that than you will do. If he's doing three miles, that's probably, at a guess at that weight, that's probably something like 500 calories in 30 minutes. Yeah. Whereas a two hour bike might only be, say, 1400 um no maybe maybe 1300 or so but it's just the fact you can burn more calories but do it more often yeah so if we take it back to the beginning with um with, with richard and richard sorry um i think what he's saying he's kind of falling through the door pretty much absolutely shattered yeah, yeah. so i think from that can we take his only heart rate well, well it's only, is, it's only yeah, some of it is in zone. So, okay. um, so, so with reference to that, um, we can you can probably predict that he's going too hard. Sometimes, really, yeah. 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 Um, and I can understand, like you said, from from the from the weight point of view, that the you know the running is going to be the hardest point because obviously your your bike supports you, even though it's not easy, um, and and the water supports you because obviously there's no impact. So, so with reference to what would you say then it would be worth him working out his zones again, maybe having a little look at his zones again? Yeah, possibly. But I know we've said about zones and they're really good, but simplest, you know, simplest zone measure 
close your mouth and nose breathe. You yeah. Know? yeah. And it's and it's just it's a good way of not necessarily needing to have the heart rate. But I think we all know if we are working a bit hard that, you know, as, as much as you try to pretend you can nose breathe or you are just about in zone, the heart rate monitor and your ability to properly nose breathe will tell you whether you're in the right place yeah. or not. And yeah. the important thing is the more time, Richard, that you can sort of accumulate the fitness time and mix it up. Yeah, one day you've got, you know, you've got a, a, a swim of 56 minutes, a bike of an hour, great. Um, another day you've got a run for 30 minutes. The, not the mecca, but the best place to get low impact training is clearly the bike and swim options. Mm. The bike will give you greater time that you can do things and probably, you know, greater um, outdoor pleasure by the fact you can see places and get places but the pool swim is a, is an ideal you know when you get really bad weather or it's more time efficient to go to the pool than to actually get back get your bike kit on get yeah, out yeah. every one of them has a place in somebody's program it's just as much of it that can be done aerobically good the better that will mean he doesn't get so bad knees it means as you get fitter, you can reduce the amount you're reliant on sugar because yep. you'll be lowering the effort. Therefore, you will get more um, efficient. You'll get less hunger pangs. You'll just be able to feel as though um, at some point, and it's it's going to be a, you know a gradual process. At some point, you'll just think, "Wow, Eureka! I'm running now, and I'm not in zone four. I'm down in zone three. Yeah. Uh, biking, um, you know, your not necessarily speed goes up. It's almost that." speed may well stay the same if you've got um 21 miles in an hour and five you're certainly you know that if that was in the right zone that's certainly um you know a fairly a fairly good amount of um i i don't i don't train 21 miles in an hour no no no, no that is true yeah <laughs> i don't train. i mean perhaps we haven't got the flattest terrain or perhaps he's um perhaps it's um, it might be an indoor scenario where although it says cycle loop, I mean, it says cycle loop, so I can only think it is a cycle loop, but every one of them says cycle loop. But um, it may well be that it's possibly in a group, but the amount of effort you're putting in is fine. I think you can ease off on the effort. It's making sure you do enough of it to gradually see the heart rates dropping, but also your body feeling fitter. Fitter, yeah. Um, requiring maybe no less calories, but just your body gets better at tapping into the um, fat calories for energy, but also it becomes very economical at storing the carbohydrates. And at 100 kilos, whatever the goal is in terms of um, the, the short-term um, target, be it, say, 95, even that's going to take time. And you may as well enjoy that process and be enjoying out on the bike than thinking, oh, I suppose I better go running. Some people, running's maybe not the best thing they can do at that no, point in yeah, time. Right. And, and And don't do so much of it thinking, oh, I suppose I better do it. No, sometimes don't do it and think I'm better to be fitter and a bit lighter and then do some running or do less running and add it to a bike so instead of doing an hour's bike and 30 minute run do you know an hour 20 bike and just do a 10 minute run yeah. the running's a very good way of reminding your body to, to be weight conscious but do too much of it and it will it will really wreck you well, that's the thing as well it's like you said to be fitter to be lighter but also uninjured is the is the, the yeah. other thing because yeah as, as good and um as a, almost like a, a, a whether whether Richard wants to 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 lose a little bit or trim a, trim some weight, running is fantastic for it. But you know, at, at that particular weight, you know, you're asking sometimes 
a bit too much, including the swim and the run, yeah. and the body just goes, actually, no. Because if you hurt yourself running, nine times out of ten, you can't, you can't ride yeah. because of the injury, but yeah. you can swim, and I think you, you're yeah. kind of, by the sounds of it, you're, you're ticking along lovely. Mm. I, so, think, I think, you know, keep the variety up, do things where... You, you add on, you know, just just maybe a, a one-mile run rather than three and a half or four. You perhaps get a deep-water running belt and, you know, mix up pool swimming with deep-water running just to – because although you're not having impact on the floor if it's a deep enough pool, you can still do the running action. You can still – very swimming um swimming can be boring i know some people love swimming and they never get bored but some people get bored so to break it up and to say well i know i didn't run physically on the floor but i did some some pool running that's better at higher weight yeah even if it's done in a pool that isn't quite deep enough and you've got some impact on the floor that's still not going to have anything like the impact of no, normal running right. and i think you've just got to be yes if you're looking at triathlon you think about ironman fine but you, you cannot train like somebody that's maybe done four or five years of triathlon training. They are um, even 80 kilos, not 100. Yeah, that yeah. 20 kilo difference makes a massive difference on their body. They've gradually built up their running um, to the point where they're quite used to not running marathons every day, clearly not. However, they're not having quite so many forces going through their body that means that they're going to run out of time and notice they've got an injury. And I think if we can keep people doing fun things in a variety of mixtures and let the fitness come and the weight loss come, it's a self-fulfilling thing. It yeah. would just be, oh, this is great. When people believe they have to be pushing themselves really hard or, or enduring lots of pain because that's what it takes to get to the other side. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And in order that you enjoy the process, just be very, very wary of doing too much running. Yeah. I think, you know, even one mile is a mile run. It's fine. It, it'll, it'll do you and you can then increase your biking time and your swimming time and give us an update in, you know, two months, six months. It'd be good to hear how things yeah, go. Yeah, definitely. Um, I put a tweet out. And I got a response back and I just, I put, uh, when was this? I don't know when this tweet went out. Oh, 13th of August, so a month ago. And I said, uh, for morning lean burn, uh, lean mass maintainer, 30 grams of protein, coffee, and I called it a, a chocomocha. All right. So basically you take... What you take, is this magic, Joseph, you, this, you speak of? You take your protein, <laughs> you take your coffee and you basically, you know, have the two together. Together? Yeah. You you are you are out of your mind. <laughs> so so the the protein is kind of a lean mass fuel that doesn't cause an insulin spike because it's just protein. The coffee gives you that sort of energy raise over time. Um, not force. I know some people are anti coffee, so switch off and put your hands over your hair, ears and go la 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 la. Okay, the coffee for a lot of people is perfectly fine. Um, excessive coffee use could be wrong. At the end of the season, if you don't come off coffee for a little while, I think people don't realise how tired they are. Yes, because they're just it, yeah. every day double double espresso in the morning. They feel great or whatever they have, and it, it does it, it increases for those that respond to caffeine. They feel good on it. They get more energy. But to take it away and to have four days, five days a week without it, just let your body 
come back down because it is still a stimulant we know yeah, that yeah yeah but this was this was a way of saying look you know you can you can sort of do this as a way of getting something into the system early on particularly if you want to do some training and you want to put in some sort of protein into the system you want coffee to make you a bit more alert about an hour later after you've taken it um starbucks have tweeted back haven't they no they haven't said, no. Yeah, cheers for that joe um it's an athlete we know ian cardi an athlete we know and he said um uh, and it's just a straight question, unaffected by heat of boiling water. So he's just put that back, i.e. is the protein affected by the heat of the boiling water going into it in terms of, you know, damaging the proteins? Um, I drink mine cold, right? So yeah. I don't actually have hot water in the coffee. So the whole, you know, chocomoco, whatever you call but that's it. That's a fair comment because I, I would have assumed that you were just putting it in cold. Right, yeah. The coffee was going yeah. in cold. Yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have a hot protein drink. That's almost like, you know, I mean, that's your, that's your evening Horlicks that you have, Crocker, every it evening. Is. Yeah, me, me and Mrs. Crocker. Me and you and Mrs. Crocker <laughs> with, your, with your slippers. Night, mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, unaffected by the heat of boiling water. Well, firstly, I do it cold water. Um, second, I wouldn't have thought, firstly, that. Um, hot water would make it that bad if you wanted to drink hot protein but i can't imagine that, that, that that's really going to um perhaps it might be all right but firstly I, I don't like boiling water and coffee anyway i always have mine like tepid i mean boiling water to tip that down your throat i hate that i mean mm. it's just like what what out of the kettle you're going to tip it down your throat i mean that's bonkers yeah, i mean yeah. think about it it really is i mean most of the time yes coffee's not meant to be boiling water is it? it's boiled and then you let it come back down and so forth but it's a good question because it does make you think oh yes you know what you put in there is you know, not just the protein in the coffee you obviously add water yeah yeah um you could have it with warmish water, but I think you'd have to try it to see what that felt like with the flavours of most protein drinks are meant to have them as a cold drink. Yeah. Um, there was obviously a few years ago, there was the um, the evening um, uh, hot drink. Um, Nocti. Yeah. Um And uh, certainly evening protein intake may help when people are recovering from hard training on a, a quite big uh, block of training. But... Thanks for the question because it does it does make me think could it affect the protein? Yeah, and I think it... well, just don't put in super hot boiling water. If you can have it cool or even tepid, then you're not going to damage the proteins that significantly um, by the fact that the water's a bit warm. And it's not really yeah, it's it sort of is a functional drink as opposed to a drink whereby you're really savouring it. You know, it's just chocolate protein. That coffee. is true, yeah. And yeah. it's just like, it's kind of, I'm drinking it for function, I'm not drinking it because I'm going to sit there and Cause you know, I enjoy it. contemplate the point, day yeah. ahead with it. It's just like, no, mix, whack, done, right, that's it. There's something in the system, the caffeine's going to, you know, come to the fore in about an hour's time and, and the protein just starts the day with something that uh, could certainly help people, I think, I, it's one of those tips that sort of trickled down through a few, through uh rather get my teeth in through a few different sources and i just think it works and i put that out there and well if you've tried it let us know you just ruined a perfectly good protein drink <laughs> and a decent coffee that's what you've done there joe um i'm going to take you back in a, in a time oh this isn't now. another uh, fact is no, it? <laughs> no, no no it's not a fact no i just I, this this 
I don't know what got me reading this. I just thought this was funny. Um, this is this is from a magazine, 1986. This is a triathlon magazine. Uh, were you born then, Martin? <laughs> Fortunately, yes. You were looking at my grey hair. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, <clears throat> and um, it's entitled Aero Helmet. Now, this was a, this was a time when the magazine of the time called Triathlete, and I remember this. Um, I remember this uh, picture quite. This um, cover. This just. I remember reading this cover to cover inside out because you didn't get that much information and um the inner part the very inner about four or five pages was the only bit about uk track has got the magazine in front of it yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 but and there's the original one. the original one yes the original and inside there's the thing that says at long last in the uk um we now have. Uh, we can now purchase the Sinelli Aero Helmet, so often seen in race photos. Madison Cycles of Lon- London is the main agent. The polycarbonate white helmet comes in one size only, but the complex strapping ensures that most heads can be accommodated. Unfortunately, the helmet only comes with the black Sinelli logo and not the colourful, well-designed one. No doubt the helmet will become de rigueur this, um, this year, even at the rather expensive price of £36.85. For details, contact Madison Cycles. It actually gives a postal address. There's not even a no. number. There's a, there's a postal address. Um, so obviously you didn't get your helmets very quick. You have to post off a, yeah. you know, a, um, a, a stamped address envelope or whatever. Um, and this was at the time where, okay, the magazine was in dollars and was $2.50. So I could imagine in the UK it's probably sort of three three pounds or so for a magazine. So... You know, magazines have gone up to, let's say, about a fiver. Yeah, let's say a fiver. Right. Um, but this helmet was thirty six eighty five, And you think a lot of helmets are now five times that and more. Oh, easy. Yeah. You know, there's, there's quite a few helmets over 200. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and this, that's this what one, I mean. You, but it, this was a track one. And I actually had, I didn't contact them, but I actually had a Sinelli helmet like this Joe's that probably I still got it somewhere oh I'd love it if I had it it was a um I bought it from Fred Baker Cycles in Bristol oh, yeah, and I yeah. found it by accident and because I knew it was aero I bought it even though you didn't have to have a helmet in those days you wore it because it was more aero there was no padding there was no safety involved it was just a simple sort of thing but it had the Cornago logo that, ma- that matched um oh that was a Sinelli yeah but no it said um Mine had a Cornago logo that oh, matched really? my Cornago bike. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But £36.85 for an Aero helmet. That is outrageous. That is outrageous, isn't it? They're still it? in stock, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still in stock. Um, and that advert of a new of, of a of a concept rowing machine was the thing that really got me into into wanting a concept rowing machine. I just think that's lovely. Anyway, we, we digress somewhat. Um, we are coming up to, uh, we reckon, about three quarters of an hour. Now, we've had various questions and we've had various people send in their, uh, their, their, their tweets and their sort of, um, please can you, you know, please can you tell me about this, this and this. I would really like people that listen to the podcast to actually send us their, their sort of major um, lessons, not necessarily achievements, because we don't just want, you know, a, a, a string of, of um, this was the great things I did this year. I think the things that people have learned that have worked uh not maybe you know this particular thing is is really brilliant because i used it and it's great more case of what things they found they could 
juggle or what sessions they'd never done before and they tried it and it really seemed to work and it fitted in with their you know their time structure yeah. and so forth because there's a i think there's a lot of feedback to get from people don't write an autobiography about it just some simple stuff of oh i tried you know i tried rowing oh it's really great it gives me some upper body feel for for swimming it uses my upper body because if i bike and run i don't ever use my upper body yeah, yeah. but i can do it in the lunch hour at work whereas i couldn't get to a pool i really like it and that's it you know kind of a little ditty about it not oh i've just qualified for kona at you know ironman wales or whatever i think that's that's sort of the 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 final product that's the icing, what have yeah. you what have you learned what's led you to it yeah and it doesn't it. have to be anything to do what has been presented through any of the podcasts more about how you've tried certain things and i hear martin you've tried certain tires or you've been doing a little bit of a straw poll of tires yeah we've mostly with the bikes that come in uh people ask us a if it's in season what are you know what race tires can you recommend yeah um if it's coming out of race season then normally ask the winter tires now i know we did say a couple of months ago that we were going to test the contis out now, we've got four guys that I know of spreading from um, juniors right up to vets um, that have used them for, for TTing, yeah. uh, have used them for crit and road racing. Right. Um, now, I think only one failure I know of uh, by hand, so puncher, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but m- almost all, of, well, four of these guys have actually set PBs on them now that could be down to anything they were all on 25s as yeah, well yeah uh, so the width was 25 um and for, for the guys that were road racing as well they seem to have they seem to wear quite well if that sounds okay right so that you so know the, the durability have, is yeah, good on them yeah. as well um because normally what you find after a while is that sidewalls break down um you know you get a little bit of fraying so so these these contis have been absolutely brilliant the 4000 um two s's uh, but also next to that we've kind of run the grand sports as a long distance tire okay so, the, the, so what do you think of the grand sport then the grand sports we've run 25s 23s and 25s um as far as the puncher protection still a folding tire so instead of having right. a steel bead in it yeah it's it's a kevlar bead okay. um it's got a vectrum breaker belt in them as well so touch wood at the minute i've had a set on for what have i done so I've probably done just under a thousand miles with these, and again, okay. touch wood, no punches. Um, the I, I check them just to have a quick, funny enough, before we came out to, um, came over tonight, uh, just to check for things like um, you know uh, any form of, of, of scuffing, weird scuffing, breakdowns on the sidewalls, uh, flint ingress, little slits. Oh, flint ingress, yeah, Martin. I've polished that one a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and, and picking up of anything because because the rubber itself actually is quite soft. Um, but they seem to be absolutely spot on as far as uh, wear and tear goes. They look they look pretty good. I mean, I normally get about fifteen hundred, and then off they come and a new right. set go on. So, um, so as far as the the two contis that we've tested, they've been absolutely brilliant. Um, the the GP four thousand two S's have been noticeably quicker. Yes, agreed. Um, now also we've we've run the Vittoria 
So the, the course, and now Victoria have changed the range a little bit. There are a few new tyres that are coming out. Are there? Um, Fill us in, Martin. And anybody bored at tyres, you can switch off now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's normally Joe that starts this as well. <laughs> I, um, I led this into yeah, you. That's it. Like, Go on, you do it, you do it. So, so they were doing the SR before, but I've, I've only briefly seen the new range. So and for some reason, it looks as though kind of the skin wall is coming back. So where we're used to seeing the, uh, the coarser tubulars, um, all black. They're starting to bring out like the tan side walls again. Oh, I saw. Yeah, so, they've done that with the GP four thousand. They've got like some sort of silvery colours, haven't they? They've that's got some, right. Um, yeah. So, uh, and for some reason they're coming back. But, but by the looks of it, what's happening is they obviously a decent tub you can age, can't you? So I think what happens is these skin sidewalls seem to age a bit better, which helps them get be a bit more. Uh, oh, I uh, see. Malleable, I suppose, is probably from the point where they yeah. they, they get uh, a little bit softer. Okay. Um, so that's what we've run so far. Um, now we are getting to that point where the crossover is going to happen. So you've got guys that will be cyclocrossing, mountain biking. So I've got a few other tyres that we're having a little uh, test on as well. So uh, different brands. So uh, it, it might not interest the guys too much, but you know it's a different sport. We can't all be kind of running, swimming uh, and kind of road bike or TT orientated. I know most of you guys are, but there are other guys that listen to that. So hopefully we'll have a few more and a few bits of kit as well. So um, with reference to hydraulic disc brakes on road bikes, which last year I was prodding with a stick, <laughs> thinking that's never going to take off. Um, so things like that as yeah. well. Um, uh, we've had a look at some tyre and wheel systems as well. Uh, but again, Joe and I will probably talk about that off off air, and then uh, see what we can agree to disagree on. <laughs> um, and I think there was one other th something else to do with shoes. Actually, funny enough, again that I was going to talk to Joe, and then we can come back to it at a later date. Okay, cool. <clears throat> and we didn't get the uh, twenty-eight millimeter. Uh... No, <clears throat> I'm the twenty-eight mils. Unfortunately, for the bikes that we were using. Just too big. Just a bit too big. So, But the other way that we're going to go with it is the cyclocross bikes have come with enough clearance. So once the, the, the cyclocross tyres have been used, the 28s will go on and then we'll run them and cool. see how they go. Cool. So, yeah, quite quite <coughs> a few few little things to sort out now, kind of new kits all out and yeah. everybody's seen it. Yeah. And, and I uh, think across, across a lot of disciplines, and it... It tends to be in, in little phases, you know, you see that um, probably, you know, the, uh, the, the wetsuit advances, somebody comes up with something that it's not always measurable, but it, it prods other people to have to catch up. They can't be seen to have things that look 10 years out of date. Um, the tyres... I noticed that um, Zip had updated their tyres, right. yeah, they've yeah. updated them, and these things, you know, things do not stand still. Uh, I find that if um, sometimes people, you know, they do their coaching, they come away, uh, sorry, they go away on their own, they do it for a few years, come back, and you know, sometimes you have to go, right, what have you got with that? Oh no, 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 that's changed a bit now. You have to do this or this, or yeah. even year on year, where you go, that that wasn't available last time. It's what you want. It's particular to your event. You know, might be sporties, might be triathlon, might be time trials, and, and things do change. And I think the the mindset at this point in the year is uh i've just seen actually somebody put something up on uh, up on ebay is actually think about your kit across the board whatever disciplines you do whatever sports you, you you dabble at and just think sometimes 
you need to get shot of stuff. It's it's actually it, no, not not because it's just about to fall apart because that's not the best sale to make. But you've you've either outgrown it. Um, it needs to be replaced because it's worn out and therefore throw it out or that it's a useful place to spend in order to say I can find you know a, a, a little bit more there and I know there's always you know the fastest frame in the world is just about to come out in another three weeks because it always does you always see the headline yes. no yeah. fastest frame in the world fastest wheels and stuff like that and the people in the know when that happens just shake their head and go not again because the ones that are good get unfortunately tarred with the same brush yeah. which yeah. is oh they're not really aero they just say it is and it's the same with you know tires that drop rolling resistance and so forth after a while the the good ones are known and people will tend to say yeah there's enough data or there's enough feedback that, that those things work but i think now is a good time of year as we are um at the end of one season the start of a, of a winter phase for most people um, perhaps different for you know cyclocross if that's your pure sport but at some point in the year you have to actually just you know put your um, logic head on and say what do I actually need what can I sell that actually is just just making a you know a, it's kind of making expensive a, paperweight or yeah expensive paperweight or, or it's just something that you have to sift through to get to the kit I like that right throw out kit that you don't need and get to the stuff that you need enough of and then Okay, that you have to, you know, pass that on or throw it at the charity shop. But some bike stuff, certainly you can pass it on to people that are quite happy to take things well, that, from you. That's the thing as well. What you've got to bear in mind is with triathlon and things like that, you, you're, you're in your own mindset, which is fair enough. But there are a lot of juniors out there that may be with your tri club that their parents might struggle to get bits and bobs. And what you deem to be yeah. not, not rubbish, what you deem to be old and probably isn't worth much. Even if you turn to a junior and just went, I don't know, you know ten, 10 quid if you want for a set of tyres, they may go, oh, brilliant, you know, because mum and dad can't afford this or, you know, and that's how pretty much I started in sport. And it was regardless of whether it was running. What, or, as, a, as a sports wreck and bone man? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got borrowing other people's kit. But, um, you know, the, you know, from football, from from. Uh, running you know yeah. to, to cycling you know yeah. some of the kit that i i got was was from you know guys that were that were willing to go well, just just take it borrow it and then give it back to me at the end of the season and i'll sell it on or if someone offers you something for it sell it but most of the time i kept it and gave it back you know so what you deem to be rubbish might not be mm. you know yeah. worth chucking out but yes yeah. yeah, like joe's saying you you've kind of when your season finishes i think you need to take heed and look at it and go well they've improved that yeah my saddle's five years old it's comfortable yeah it's going to be comfortable but it'll be it'll be like a hammock in the garden it'll just be kind yeah. of bowed but i'm not saying everybody's got endless budget no no and also so, don't 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 look for you know it's one it's one of my pet peeves is when people are looking for um improvements that they perceive some change of equipment's going to give them and it doesn't and it won't and you know, you can sometimes even shove the numbers under their nose and they, they that's it. They've made, psychologically, they've already made that purchase. They do it and then afterwards there's, a, you know, a, a sense of you've almost got to got to come to a point where you say, told you so, I'm, I'm sorry, but that wasn't a good way. And because yeah. money isn't infinite, it's pointless to go down a dead-end route that, that you have to change equipment, you have to therefore have the upkeep of that equipment. Something else is either therefore sitting and gathering dust or it was got rid of when it was the right thing to have. So yeah, I think yeah. try to be as 
you know, as, as um, I think as logical as possible, try to get input from people and try, you know, not say somebody that may want to automatically sell you something, but somebody that would have either experience or numbers up their sleeve to give you an idea as to whether that's a good purchase. Because yeah. if it's not, it's it's just it's wasting time. Yeah. And you've got to be efficient with your kit and with your time. And although you've got plenty of time to look at the oodles of stuff that comes out of this time of year through Interbike and Eurobike and stuff, if you put your hand on your heart, most of the time you'd go, well, my running shoes are wrecked. That's the first thing I've got to get. And uh, actually, there's something I've got to do to the shed that I do my turbo training in, because if that falls down, I've got nowhere to the turbo yeah, train. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's been a, a bit logical. And there's loads of, you know, sexy-looking, colourful-looking things that might might potentially dangle in front of your eyes, and you think, oh, I could really do with that. But actually, if it doesn't make an improvement, it's a mere distraction, because it is something that's taking your hard-earned and directing it in the wrong direction. Yeah, There's yeah. enough things you have to pay for in, in race fees, in nutrition, in upkeep of tyres and new goggles and another pair of running shoes and a gym entry and all that kind of stuff. There's enough stuff that you don't just frivolously want to spend on something that was just the right advert or the the right review for you at the wrong time. Yeah. Because it got you and you thought, oh, I want that. That's promising the world and I could do with that. And and buy something. And you see people and they've got so much kit that they should just get rid of it yeah. and start afresh. This is this is what I look at is, is you know, you break it down to your <clears> swimming, your biking and your running. Now, with swimming, how many pairs of goggles do you really need? Mm. You know, I've, I've got a friend who does triathlon and he's, and he's, and he's good at it. And... He just went, ah, oh, I want to chuck them out, they leak. I was like, chuck them out then. Why keep them? Yes. You know, he's got 15 pairs of goggles. Where's your race goggles? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I sometimes, why choose? Why choose? Just say, right, I've got these two. Yeah. Um, or I've got three in case yeah. one of them fail. Yeah. The leaking ones, bin them out. That one's got no strap. Why have you got it? I'm going to get a new strap. Bin them out. Yeah. You know, how old is it? Oh, no, five years. Chlorine's rotted right through it. Get rid of it. Yeah. You know, the same with running trainers. Now, this is my pet hate coming from a running background. Is when people go, yeah, but they're so comfortable, I don't want to get rid of them. Yeah, but do you run in them? Yes. Get rid of them. Why? Because they're absolutely cream crackered. Yeah. You know, you'll get in them, get in your race shoes and go, oh, yeah, well, they, they feel different. They feel different because your race shoes are probably all right. Your training shoes or your slippers that should be <laughs> yeah. need to be in the bin. I've got my slippers on, got slippers on. Yeah. You know, um, Whereas my running shoes are over in that basket yeah. over there. So. And just make a, make a definitive slash at it. Mm. Um, biking is the same. You don't need 15 pairs of tyres. You don't need them. I know you keep them. I have don't. A, no, I, I, I no, 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 no. I know people do. You know, have a selection of training tyres. Yeah. So you just go, right, that's for turbo. Yeah. Um, that's for when I want to go out when the weather's nasty. You know, maybe one width, two widths. Race tyres... If it's dead, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just let it go. Or no, no, oh, oh, I could go and train on that. Really? Yeah. What, no, after it's dead? <laughs> don't train on it. Just yeah. throw it away. Yeah. And I know this sounds really frivolous, but I've, I do it at home. I've got a garage full of stuff and I've just gone through and gone, why have I kept that bin? I've got an old aero helmet, uh, the old uh, Advantage I've got. Now, in the move some point, someone squat it. All right. So the tail of it is crushed and it's got a crack in it. Now, I've put it to one side and gone, that'll be all right. There is no way you can ride with that. That's gone in the bin. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think you just have to be ruthless sometimes. Yeah. At some point, it just will give make you, it. It will give you energy if you're ruthless with these things because you'll suddenly notice, um, as I thought you were going to make a comment about my organisation, is that if you're, nice. if you're ruthless and you organise stuff, it's amazing how 
get, getting rid of things, they either were worthwhile, you know, that O'Bree thing came out of a book that was just going through things that, oh, yeah, I want to keep that. Yeah. And there was other stuff there that, why have I kept that right bin it? You need a, not time to just see whether things work. If a pair of running shoes is, is knackered, they're knackered. They're either for, you know, um, doing your gardening or going to the gym to, to do weights in but not run on the treadmill yeah. or things like that. But certain things you, you have you have to dissociate. If they're a pair of shoes that you did a great race in, well, put them in your little memories box. But that's not a training box. That's an entirely different yeah. place where you chuck things. You think, oh, yeah, that'd be quite fun to see that one day. But if you can get this sort of thing done now when you're starting to roll out more training volume more frequency or you get to your first race be it off season or in season you just notice everything's organized and it's a wonderful feeling rather than going to a box with your mountain bike stuff with your time trial the whatever sport and you look at it and think blimey what's all that stuff in there yeah. you've just thrown stuff in there that you don't need three of these and four of those and where's the one i want oh that's not in there and and it's it's i don't think it's naturally an inherent instinct to always hoard <laughs> yeah, but it happens by accident because you just have so much ongoing stuff in the season yeah. or when you are in good weather yeah you want to get out there and train you don't want to say this is a great day for me to try and organize stuff but now as we're getting to the near of what has been a fabulous summer yeah, weather-wise in the uk at some point as it turns maybe it's time to just say I i'm not going to fight the weather it doesn't matter if i miss you know a ride or a run or that session i'm just going to start to organize myself because organization is the central part in which all of the rest of your training ethos comes from yeah. you look at the top professional cycle teams and now even more so it's been seen in in the triathlon teams is that the super organized ones are the ones that seem to get good results because yeah. they've just got everything in the right place at the right time you cannot be somebody that out trains everybody but you're disorganized with your kit because you will get more punctures you will find you haven't got those goggles you needed for the race you will find that you get a run injury because your shoes actually are 18 months old and they should have been you know thrown away 12 months ago let alone six months yeah. ago it, but but it is the case and i mean i do it don't get me wrong i do you know i've, I've been through my kit now this year starting to, to train to race for next year um after have after not doing any racing in 2014 you were sadly missed across the whole endurance world probably not um but i've looked at my mountain bike shoes and i've just gone right i've got four, i had four pairs of mountain bike shoes now i do keep a winter training pair and a race pair now i don't need four pairs of mountain bike shoes you know one of them's clearly cream crackered get rid yeah. you know overshoes i've just gone through my winter kit now just thinking right if i need to get it i'll have to get it now um now this sounds really it sounds really excessive, but it's not because some of the kits there, like the, the the tops and bottoms, I've had for you know eight years. You know they're, they're, they're threadbare, and you know my wife cringes every time I put on a pair of a pair of old shorts because they are black until you pull them up and then they go see through. So you know it's got to go. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to buy another four pairs to replace them. I'm going to buy one pair. Yeah. You know, but I know that that pair will last me for that season, and it'll yeah. probably last me another yeah. six seasons until I have another purge. Yeah. But I think, again, doing it gives you a definitive line of, of almost, right, my season's done, yeah. you know, let's get this stuff sorted for next year. Or I'm coming into the new season or I'm starting my new sessions of training for the winter. Um, I've never done this before. Yeah. Um, I've somehow hoarded this kit. This is my best stuff. Mm -hmm. And if needs be, like I said, go to Jumbles or 
junior section you should have a box you kit and go right you know mm. can you give that to the juniors or you know someone else will want to want to have it but it gives you a nice definitive line then yeah. and then in that diary you turn the page and you go right this is the first day yeah. i started from my cleanup yeah. so yeah i think set if you if you're somebody that sets reminders set something or write something in a you know uh if you've got a school diary or a, or a home diary or whatever set set something about once every three months to just say you know clear the kit or clear the garage or clear my stuff because it's amazing how each phase of the year has slightly different relevance of kit and whether you've got a bit more time or a little bit less time so it'd be great to to fast forward from this point and come the opposite you know we're, we're pretty much bang on the autumn equinox to look at the spring equinox when we're coming out of march getting just towards april and to have everything organized think i've done a really good winter and everything's organized and i know what bits of kit i needed to get over the winter for my race and i've chipped away at them not had to buy them all at the last yeah, minute at yeah. full price i found the odd bargain Deal. here and there yeah, 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 and at the same time i feel ready to hit the floor running not oh it's so disorganized because there comes a point where people stay disorganized because they don't want to lose a training session or a week of organizing lots of things they they almost have to um just put up with it and and crack on and say yeah but i haven't got the time i've, I've got too many things every week i don't want to stop yeah. and and get organized so if you can make yourself i think right now um, a, a new season's resolution, not a new year. New year, you've just wasted three to four months of, of, <laughs> of doing it. You need to do this stuff now yeah, yeah. because for next season, you've got to be even more... Um, one of the improvements you have to make is to become more efficient. So that could just be it takes you less time to find your kit. It takes you, um, uh, it takes you less weeks of getting by without the right nutrition or clean bottles or the right shoe inserts, whatever it is. All those things take too long. If you can have it ready and have, and have really thought about the practices that you actually do through the winter, it it's, goes right the way back to the core of what things am I going to do? You've sorted out your, your gym membership. You've sorted out whether you do need this new pair of running shoes and who's got that specific size because you've got really big, really small, really strange feet, whatever it is. So do it now and automatically you get better results in the future because yeah. you're organized and you're not bamboozled by a ton of kit that takes you literally 10 minutes just to find an arm warmer or where your special socks are you always like to run in i think if you can trim it down not to the minimum because then it means every time you go out with the same clothes on and if it gets wet too often you go out in gear that's you know hasn't dried or it's um it's not even been washed or or you, oh, I didn't have arm warmers because they were in the wash. Well, I have a second pair then. I mean, most people need two of most things, but yeah. do have two of something, but don't have six of something that you can't let go That's of. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. And, and But the best the best one I, I hear is on a nice winter's day when you're training, I'll get the race wheels out. I'll get the race out. I'm going to ride on the race wheels. Well, why? You, you don't need to practice anything to do with your racing. The, the situation you're in is, is the race thing has all been put to bed yeah. put to bed and that's going to hide there until you're you're ready and you get that out and you go oh yeah i remember these now and, yeah, yeah, and you know yeah. when i when i rode them back in the winter last year you know i felt a bit sluggish and but you, you put them on your bike when you're when you're kind of coming out march april and going i'm just just getting on top of it now put them on and go oh yeah that's it that's the thing so a little bit more training to come and, and they'll mm. be they'll be bang on just 
take the race kit, I take the race bike, if, I'm, if I haven't sold it, it gets washed off, it gets sprayed over, lubed up, hung up, that's it. I don't need to think about it. So... Top just tip. keep it just keep it nice Top and tip. simple. Top so, tip. Have if a clear out. There's nothing better than a good clear out. Clear out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, right. Thank you for listening. We are just over the hour. Uh, make sure you contact us with your questions for next time. You can click on the contact um, contact uh, link at coachjobeer.com. Let us know really what your eureka moments and lessons were through the year. Um, we don't want um, a, a CV or as uh, I guess we'll call it the palmares of exactly what you've done on every time trial, every triathlon, every running race. Just you know, really important lessons or or things that you might want to share with people that were great, great, almost surprising finds about things that went well yeah. Uh, yeah, or yeah. things that didn't go well. Um, make sure that the uh, you know the the sort of tweets or the Facebook. Or even uh, some people have even left messages on the phone. But use, um, yeah, use the normal means in which to send us your, um, your, I guess, input into the podcast. Always nice to have people sending us stuff, definitely, letting, yeah, us, yeah, yeah. letting us think about things. And uh, we're at that funny part of the year, really. You know? But we we say this during the year. Every year, don't we? Going, well, right, that part of the year now where it's just getting going, or a part of the year now where we're heading into the new year. So, yeah, and some it, people are still racing. I understand that. And if you are, you know, continue right up to the end and, and look forward to that point where you say, that's the end of the season. If your season's ended, then you may already be, um, as a few people have said this week, you know, they've been doing a bit of their admin and they, they quite like it and they write it in their training diary because it's as important yeah. as whether they've just done, you know, a, a, a three-hour run or a five-hour bike ride. You know, if they've just done something that opens up time and effort, it's quite good. And I think you can, you can whatever you're doing at the moment, you can see that we're on the, the, the cusp of the end of a of a great um, of, a, of a good summer, great summer, yeah, very yeah. good sporting performances, some great um, um, certainly personal level, some great um, athlete performances have really made uh, made it all worthwhile. But hopefully, you've gleaned something from this. We've got some of those um, uh, nitty gritty questions done, and if not, then ask that question for Send next it time. In. Yeah, yeah. So I will say, have fun, train steady, race fast. And have even more fun. This is it. Test, test, test. One, two, three. One, two, one, two, two. Can you get any further? Uh, one, uh, two. Get that stool out because there's no way you can sit on that rubber ball <laughs> rolling around because it yes, was just squeak. Yes, right.